0: everyone my name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds so i hope everyone had an amazingly productive january my favorite month of the year for obvious reasons i am biased but i do sincerely love that fresh start feel Of January. So I hope you enjoyed this wonderful energy of rebirth as well. And of course, before we begin, I just want to ask you a very small favor. If you could pretty please leave me a rating or a review or tell a friend about me and this lovely podcast, share one of the episodes on your social media, I would be eternally grateful. Now, on to the story for this week you guys are going to absolutely love it it's fierce it's femme it's february and we are jumping right in so this week's story is literally a superhero origin story and i am not exaggerating yes superheroes do exist i'm sure you know some in your everyday life they live and work among us some in our very own home states and we will be learning about one today this individual risked life and limb remember that to accomplish their mission regularly exposing themselves to imminent risk and danger They participated in complex military operations while dealing with significant personal obstacles. And as with most stories set in the past, the cultural and societal barriers were just as difficult to overcome as the physical ones. And in spite of all of this, this person went on to become an expert in their field, earning the highest honors and setting themselves apart as an exceptional role model for women. This also hits close to home for me because this person was born and buried in my home state. Yes, Marylanders unite. We are a cult. Always so wonderful to share these stories with you. So let's go. This week, we'll be covering the intelligent, the informer, the infiltrator. Virginia Hall. Virginia Hall was born on April 6, 1906 in Baltimore, Maryland. Virginia was the youngest born to her parents, Barbara and Edwin Hall, and had one older brother named John. Thanks to a comfortable home life and her well-to-do family, Virginia was sent promptly to school as soon as she was of age. Virginia would attend a local all-girls preparatory school to begin her career in formal education. And this may be one of the more wealthy people we've covered so far, and that's really evident in Virginia's academic career. After graduating from prep school, Virginia would attend several higher institutions to pursue her studies, including George Washington University and American University, both quite prestigious schools. Eventually, Virginia would continue her studies abroad, traveling all throughout Europe. Virginia ended up in Austria, where she completed a training program with the Consular Academy before moving on to Poland. In 1931, Virginia would start working as a clerk for the American Embassy in the consular office in Warsaw, Poland. And while this was a great position, it was only a stepping stone. Virginia had aspirations to become a diplomat with the Foreign Service, although women were rarely accepted into these positions at the time. And you guys know I love an ambitious gal with grit sand in stone. Love it when a gal says, to hell with the status quo, to hell with the way things are. The way things are sucks, and it's time for a change. While working for the American embassy, Virginia was transferred to another post in Turkey around 1933. It was in Turkey, as Virginia was enjoying a hunting expedition, that she suffered a tragic accident and sustained a gunshot wound to her leg. Due to the severity of her injuries, Virginia had to receive an amputation below her knee and was forced to return to the U.S. to begin the healing process. While she was home, Virginia went through her recovery and received a crafted prosthetic leg made out of wood, whom she lovingly named Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Virginia was relentless in continuing to pursue her dreams of becoming a diplomat and promptly returned to Europe after she was well enough to begin her consular work. In 1937, the State Department had to flat out refuse to hire Virginia using an outdated and unfair rule that barred individuals with disabilities from working as a diplomat which is just like so petty. But Virginia would not accept the tomfoolery though. And she appealed this injustice all the way to the top, to the president, who was Franklin D. Roosevelt at the time. And for people who aren't quite familiar with President Roosevelt, he had a ton of medical issues, making him a seemingly easy ally for Virginia's plight. But her calls for help went unreturned, and Virginia decided to resign from the consular office just two years later in March of 1939. During this time period, World War II was just ramping up, and Virginia witnessed the horrible treatment by the Nazis towards the Jewish population while in Poland. After leaving Poland, Virginia ended up in France and began working as an ambulance driver for the French Army Resistance, who were fighting against Germany. Unfortunately, Paris was eventually taken by Germany and Virginia fled, eventually ending up in Spain. This lady was a jet setter for certain, but for like philanthropic reasons, (laughs) so it's very cool. While in Spain, Virginia happened to connect with a British intelligence officer. After a bit of chatting, the officer was so impressed by Virginia that he gave her the contact information for an individual with his operation. And that operation, my friends, was called the British Resistance. They went by the official name of Special Operations Executive, a secret organization that was fighting against Germany. It's so impressive on so many levels that Virginia was recruited in spite of her perceived disability, heavy air quotes. She obviously was more than able. As you know, she was freaking just hired as a secret agent. You know, no big deal. You don't have to be very capable for that position, but... Virginia officially began training with the Special Operations Executive in April of 1941, but wouldn't arrive to her post in France until August 1941. But how did Virginia manage to remain hidden as an American in war torn France? She assumed the identity of a news reporter for the New York Post. Absolutely brilliant. This allowed her the freedom to complete her intelligence gathering activities with little suspicion from others. And just think about it. You're not going to look twice at a reporter asking more questions. That's her job. That is just a great cover. I love that. And Virginia didn't just complete intelligence gathering and recon. She did way more than that. She would organize safe houses, weapons, networks, create job zones to receive resources, and so much more. She was an actual 007. She wasn't playing James Bond. She was writing the story. Virginia would also take additional precautions by changing her makeup and appearance often, trading her wardrobe in for a more dressed-down and inconspicuous look. Virginia would even organize contacts and technology manage agents in the field, assist wounded soldiers, as well as act as the messenger for any pertinent information to be passed off to her British allies. In total, Virginia spent more than 14 months undercover in France, barely escaping an attempted capture by the French police, as well as the Germans. During a sting operation, the French police captured several of Virginia's colleagues and fellow agents. After using her intelligence contacts to determine where her allies were being held, Virginia would ask the wife of one of the agents to assist with an escape by smuggling in tools in sardine tins, which was interesting. I thought that was very interesting. They used to let outside people bring in food to the prisoners. That's how she was able to smuggle in the tools that they needed to escape. They were in sardine tins. Thanks to Virginia's incredible coordination, the rescue operation was a huge success. The agents escaped the prison and returned to France to rendezvous with Virginia. Virginia even went so far as to help them secure safe passage out of the country and back to England. Like... This girl was obviously on another level of just amazing to organize an operation of that scale with that many moving parts and people and for it to be completely successful with no recaptures. After the daring escape, the Germans were determined to flush out the French resistance and begin to increase their presence in France. With the heat continuing to rise, Virginia saw that her window of escape was closing and closing fast. She was being pursued by the Gestapo and all of its agents, so she had to make a hasty decision. Virginia fled France with a small group of allies, hoping that they could make it out alive. Not to mention the escape route itself involved having to hike more than 20 miles through mountainous terrains in the Pyrenees. After making it out of the mountains, the group was briefly detained in Spain before being released with the help of the American embassy. Virginia decided to stay in Spain and continue working for the British resistance until around 1943 when she returned to England. Upon her return to London, Virginia was presented an award as an honorary member of the Order of the British Empire. Quite a high honor in recognition of all her efforts in France, especially for a woman. Now, after such a harrowing escape from France, you'd expect Virginia to stay as far away as possible considering that she was hunted by the actual Gestapo and all, you know, no big deal. But the first thing Virginia requested when she returned to London was to be sent back out to the field, to France. Of course, her requests were denied as it was considered too much of a risk to the operation and her life as the Gestapo knew her identity at this point. But Virginia, being the go-getter that she is, then applies to work for the U.S. Office of Strategic Services and receives a job posting that took her right back to France in 1944. This time, Virginia's cover wasn't as a news reporter, but as an elderly woman. Virginia would engage in the same sort of risky business, including establishing safe houses and gaining viable intel from the contacts within her intelligence network. She trained resistance groups, provided them with weapons, and tried to organize yet another jailbreak. Like this woman was a G, truly. As the war continued to progress, so did the rank and nature of Virginia's assignments. Though her being a woman was always an issue when she was paired with male counterparts. But Virginia would just complain to her leaders that the partners they sent were useless, and she would promptly leave them to their own devices. (laughs) Like, oh my God, you suck. Bye. That's amazing. Virginia was eventually assigned as a leader and organizer of several French resistance groups. But of course, upon arrival, she received considerable pushback for being a woman, which at this point is even more absurd than usual considering this woman's resume. Regardless of being doubted, that did not stop Virginia. Virginia would conduct a successful operations training with the resistance groups, and she ended up back in Paris after the Nazis had been defeated in 1945. Following the end of the war, Virginia traveled around France trying to locate her contacts, but learned that many had been captured and executed. In 1947, Virginia would officially begin working for the CIA, a pioneering moment for her as a woman. She would work for the CIA until 1966, when she retired. In that time period, she would also marry her longtime colleague and lover, Paul, whom she had worked with in France. Truly a meet-cute situation. Virginia would enjoy a peaceful retirement with her husband, living in her home state. Virginia Hall would pass away peacefully in a hospital on July 8, 1982, in Rockville, Maryland. I wanted to outline a few of the awards Virginia received as well. She received several awards and accolades, including being inducted into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame, she received the Distinguished Service Cross and was awarded the, please bear with me on this pronunciation, Croix de Guerre by France. I always love stories where the individual has to overcome the impossible, but this one is in a league of its own. This woman who had suffered what some would believe is a devastating setback with her hunting accident was hired as a secret agent with her wooden leg. I hesitate to call it a disability because it truly didn't disable her at all. In the mental arena, Virginia could have allowed the world to stop her when she first had her accident. She even could have believed that her accident is what contributed to her not being able to achieve her ultimate dream of being a diplomat although it was more likely that her being a woman was the bigger barrier. But the point is that Virginia experienced this terrible rejection and didn't allow it to slow her down. Instead, all she did was pivot and keep barreling forward. That is truly how one navigates the pitfalls of life. You accept it for what it is and you keep moving forward. You don't let anything stop you. And look at all the amazing work she accomplished while pursuing this different direction. She likely exceeded the impact she could have made as a diplomat. Virginia Hall's work directly influenced helping to end a horrendous war Saving people's lives and contributing to a greater good and better future for all. What more of an impact can one hope for? And by the way, I wanted to mention this at the end. A little tidbit about Cuthbert and Virginia's escape from France. When she was discussing her escape plan with her allies in England before she left. So she was still in France at this time and essentially talking to her leaders back home. And she had made a joke saying, I hope Cuthbert doesn't give me trouble. And this is in reference to the long hike through the Pyrenees that they had to do to reach their ultimate destination. The operative simply replied, if Cuthbert troublesome, eliminate him. Like, what? Like, they are really out here just eliminating people. I thought that was a stereotype from secret agent movies. (laughs) But no, that's the real verbiage. That's wild. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. Virginia is truly, she was truly a badass boss lady that I hope to be one day. Not allowing anything or anyone, even myself, to hold me back from living up to my potential. A great story to have in your inspirational arsenal. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. So you can check us out at Made of Metal podcast.com. You can also follow us at Made of Metal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm just really, really floored by all the wonderful feedback and support I've received so far. So I just wanted to say a sincere thank you to all of my listeners all the comments all the messages they are so appreciated so as always my loves I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and bloom where you are planted